the cross made the difference for me as well, and I hope so for you. We're in Acts today again as we continue our series through the book of Acts. I enjoyed uh, being out of town uh, last week as we got to spend time with our granddaughter and daughter and son-in-law in California. It's very enjoyable to spend time with that little girl. I'm a 10 and a half months old, and her, her parents took the teenagers of the church to camp. He's the youth pastor there, and uh, so they needed someone to watch the baby. And uh, Sarah uh, quickly volunteered to uh, do that. So she did most of the work, but I got to enjoy uh, playing with the baby, and uh, it was a blast doing so, um, but it's good to be back in Texas, good to be back in church here. We did get to see the services here uh, at the Banjo of California. They're two hours behind, so we got to see the service here and then go, go right to the service uh, there in person. Acts 23 is the chapter uh, that we'll be uh, reading from. We saw last time uh, here, two weeks ago, that uh, some Jews who knew Paul from Asia Minor, where he had ministered, stirred up a mob in Jerusalem, where he had come to worship, uh, and they stirred up the mob to assault Paul. Had the Roman soldiers not intervened, they would have beaten Paul to death. We pick up the story today with Paul giving his defense before the Jewish council. So we're going to read in verses 6 through 11. If you're able, let's stand together and we'll read our text. Acts 23, 6 through 11. Read it out loud, nice and loud. And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon. I'm in verse 22. Let's go to chapter 23 because that's going to go along with the message a lot better than what I was reading from the previous chapter. As I had said, Acts 23, 6 through 11, I'll try to read the right part now myself. But when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am called into question. And when he had so said, there arose a dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. And there arose a great cry, and the scribes that were of the Pharisees' part arose and strove, saying, We find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. And when there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, fearing 
lest Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by force from among them and to bring him into the castle. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. We're going to look today at Paul, uh, the prisoner. Paul, the prisoner. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that you would reveal to us today what we need to see in these chapters in the book of Acts. I uh, thank you that you've given us the church. I thank the, you that you've given us the people that we have here at, at Mineral Heights Baptist Church. And it's a joy to uh, spend time with them. It's a joy to be uh, back with them this week. Lord, I pray that you would uh, uh, bless as only you can bless, that you would uh, fill me with your spirit, that I might say all that needs to be said, and that we might leave this place knowing that we've heard from you, and Lord, help us to apply uh, what we've heard to our Christian lives. And these things I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. So today, as I said, we see Paul as a, a prisoner of the Lord. Here in chapter 23, a, a soldier referred to the apostle as Paul, the prisoner, Paul the prisoner. That was the first time um, he was referred to as such. Later, however, Paul himself referred to him as, a, as himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ in, in many of the epistles that he wrote. Paul was, uh, was under a military a custody here, which is far better than being kept in the common jail. He was allowed a visit by his friends, was able to conduct some of his ministry business, and was able to be a witness to those in high places. No matter how trying your circumstance may be, be of good cheer. God has a plan to use you for his glory in the midst of your trials. The first thing that we see today is Paul and the Jewish council. Look back at the end of the last chapter in verse 30. It says, on the morrow, because he, the Roman captain, would have known the certainty whereof he, Paul, was accused of the Jews. He loosed him from his bands and commanded the chief priests and all their council to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. The Roman captain has Paul appear before uh, the Afro Sanhedrin, which consisted of a 70 a leading a Jewish teachers. The high priest presided over this uh, council, which was responsible for interpreting and applying the Jewish law to the nation. And they would try anyone who uh, violated those laws. 
Now look at the first verse of chapter 23. And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God unto this day. So Paul identifies himself as one of them, a, 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 a Jew, by calling them brethren. He affirmed that he was a good a Jewish a citizen who honored the Lord God. Paul uses the word conscience, which he also used 22 other times in the scriptures. Your a, a conscience is your inner judge, which approves when you do right and disapproves when you do wrong. The conscience does not set the uh, standards of a person. It only applies those standards, whether they be good or bad. Conscience can be compared to, uh, to an actual window, which lets in light. God's word is the light. The cleaner the window, the more light, the more of God's word is able to come in. The, uh, the dirtier the window, the less light is thus able to shine in. A good or a pure conscience lets in the light of God's word. So we are convicted of doing wrong and encouraged to do what is right. However, if you continue in sin, your conscience can become a defiled. You may not feel convicted then by doing wrong. Uh, you may uh, feel good about uh, uh, doing wrong instead. Now, of course, Paul had persecuted the church and had caused many innocent believers to uh, die before he uh, came to Christ himself. How could he then claim to have a good conscience before God? Well, Paul lived up to the light that he had. He thought he was doing God a service by a zealously persecuting the Christians. After he discovered the truth, though, about Jesus Christ and repented of his sin, he saw things very differently. As a result, his behavior dramatically changed so that he lived in accord with of his new conscience. Look back at verse 6 of chapter 23 when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees, the other Pharisees. He cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of the dead am I called into question. Paul knew that he couldn't get a, 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 a fair trial with this Jewish council. He also knew what was the greatest disagreement between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And he masterfully, masterfully um, exploited that. 
Look at verses 7 and 8. And when he had so said, there arose a dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. For the Sadducees say, there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. Paul changed the focus from being on him to the resurrection. Of course, he believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ as an essential part of the gospel. The Pharisees believed in a resurrection of the dead, but the Sadducees did not. And by bringing up this issue, Paul quickly divided the council, and they were disputing with each other. Look at verse 9. And there arose a great cry, and the scribes that were of the Pharisees' part arose and strove, saying, We find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or an angel hath spoken to him, let us not fight against God. The Pharisees were ready to release him and, uh, and gave the exhortation, let us not fight against God. Certainly that is good advice for anyone. You are foolish to fight against the Lord God. You cannot win by fighting against God. How much better it is to submit yourself to the Lord and to his plans. And then verse 10, when, when there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, fearing lest Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by force from among them and to bring him into the castle. That that there ended Paul's appearance before the Jewish council. Paul obviously knew what to say to stir up that crowd. Uh, the captain had to once again step in to rescue Paul for uh, the safety of his prisoner. After seeing what happened between Paul and the Jewish council, we see next what happened between Paul and Jesus Christ. That's number two. Paul and Jesus Christ, look again at verse 11. And the night following, the Lord stood by him, by Paul, and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified me, of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. The Lord knew that Paul might need some encouragement. He knew that uh, Paul was probably still hurting from the beating that he had taken, and no one enjoys being locked up in prison. The Lord's message to Paul began, be of good cheer. That means I'm going to take courage. Take courage, Paul. Maybe you need to also hear those words this morning. Be of good cheer. Take courage. You probably aren't going to be beaten in the streets and in prison this afternoon. At least I hope not. 
but if if that, that happens, I'll come see you in in a prison, just so you know. But you may be facing some other trial in your life that may seem very difficult to you. Things may not be going as you had hoped they would go. You may even feel that some people are are just out to get you. Well, the Lord says, be of good cheer. There's no doubt that in this world, there is adversity and troubles and challenging situations for us as believers. But don't keep your eyes on those things. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Look unto him. Listen to what he is telling you. He is the one that offers you peace in the midst of the storms. Jesus says in John 16, 33, in me, you might have peace. In the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. The same thing he had said to Paul. I have overcome the world. No matter what you're facing, God is bigger than your problem. I can promise you that. And Christ has overcome the world. There is reason to rejoice. There is the availability of peace in your trial. God's help in the struggles that you're facing and grace. Abundant grace to handle any situation. Don't be discouraged. Don't complain and be, be negative. Jesus says, be of good cheer. He can strengthen you in your weakness and empower you in the midst of your trial. And the Lord says to Paul, For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. God confirmed his plan for Paul. Paul's life was not in danger because the Lord would see to it that Paul would be his witness in Rome, even as he had already been in Jerusalem and in many, many other places. Paul had expressed a desire to go to Rome, and God was now going to make that possible. Paul could be sure that the adversity that he was facing was not without a purpose, a godly purpose. God was going to use him in a great way. And likewise, when you go through your trials, God hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forsaken you. He has a plan to use you to glorify himself in the midst of those difficulties. It is also a comfort to know that the Lord is with you through every situation. After issuing 
the Great Commission. Jesus says in Matthew 28, 20, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. What a great assurance. The Lord is always there through thick and thin. He will never leave you. He'll never abandon you. You can count on him to be with you all the way through the end of this life and all the way through eternity. After Paul was arrested in Jerusalem, some of his... his uh, A friends and co-workers may have thought, I told him so, and they, and they had. He shouldn't have gone there. We, we, we tried to warn him. But God had a plan for Paul to witness again and again in high places during his imprisonment. These people would not have been able to hear his witness in the way that they did had Paul not been imprisoned for Christ's sake. The Lord wanted him to go all the way to Rome to be his witness there. And God had uh, the Romans pay for the trip. That was a good deal for Paul. So that was Paul and Jesus Christ. Next we see the third point today, Paul and the Jewish conspirator look at chapter 23 beginning of verse 12 and when it was day certain of the jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed paul and they were more than 40 which had made this conspiracy. So Paul knew what it was already to have his life in danger. From the very beginning of his Christian life and ministry, his, his life had been threatened. The enemies of Christ stoned Paul, beat him, planned to kill him on numerous occasions. Yet no man could take Paul's life as long as God was not finished using him yet. And of course, that's the same for you and for me. Paul's... Uh, A young nephew overheard the plot against Paul, and he related that to the Roman a captain there. In order to protect um, his prisoner, the captain decided to move Paul that very night to Caesarea, where the Roman governor of the region resided. Chapter 23 still, look at verses 23 and 24. And he called unto him two, uh, I'm a centurion, saying, Make ready 200 soldiers to go to Caesarea, and horsemen threescore and ten, and spearmen 200. At the third hour 
of the night and provide them beasts that they may set Paul on and bring him safe unto Felix, the governor. Paul's conspirators had their a murderous plot, a thwarted. Once again, Paul is smuggled out of a city under the cover of, of darkness for his safety. This time he had uh, the escort of a 470, a Roman soldier. Upon arrival, Paul was not placed um, in the common prison, but in the, the palace built by Herod the Great. It served as the headquarters. of the Roman governor there, a Felix. And as you consider the events of this chapter and even of the entirety of the ministry of Paul, you cannot help to be amazed at God's care and protection for his own. Consider Psalm 34, beginning in verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Number three was Paul in the Jewish conspirators. That brings us to number four, Paul and the case against him. We see here that Paul appeared before two different Roman governors. The first is Paul's case before Felix. Look in chapter uh, 23, verse 35. Felix says, I will hear thee, said he, when thine accusers are also come. And he commanded him to be kept in Herod's judgment hall. So, uh, the governor Felix agrees to hear Paul and his accusers. Uh, verse 1 of chapter 24. After five days, Ananias, the high priest, uh, uh, descended with the elders and with certain of uh, the certain orator. Named um, Tertullus, who informed the governor against Paul. When people leave Jerusalem, they always go down because of its high elevation. And when they go to Jerusalem, they always go back up. So Paul's accusers went down from Jerusalem to Caesarea. And after buttering up Felix with a flattery, and the orator for the Jews says, in verses 5 and 6, for we have found this man, I'm a pestilent fellow and a mover of a sedition among all the Jews around the world and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarene, who also hath gone about to profane the temple whom we took and would have judged according to our law. Well, first they accused, accused Paul of being a pest, 
They considered him a nuisance. Secondly, they said that he stirred up an insurrection and, and was this ringleader of an illegal religion. Now, it is true that about everywhere Paul went, there was either a of a revival or a riot or both. However, he did nothing to subvert the rule of Rome. And lastly, they claimed that he defiled the temple by bringing in a Gentile, and that simply was not a true. Then, we've, then it was Paul's turn to address a Felix. Look at verses uh, a 10 down through 13. Then Paul, after that, the, 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 after that uh, the governor had uh, beckoned unto him to speak, answered, for as much as I know that thou hast been of many years a judge unto this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself, because that thou mayest understand that there are yet but twelve days since I went up to Jerusalem for to worship, and, and they neither found me in the temple disputing with any man, neither raising up the people, neither in the synagogues, nor in the city. Neither can they prove the things whereof they now accuse me. So Paul defends himself against the accusation and continues in the next two verses. But this I confess unto thee, that after the way that they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. So Paul acknowledges his faith in the God of Israel, in the Old Testament scriptures and in the resurrection. Continuing in verse 22 and 23. And when Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he deferred them and said, When Lysias, the chief captain, shall come down, I will know the uttermost of your matter. And he commanded the centurion to keep Paul and to have him liberty, that he should forbid none of his acquaintance to minister or come unto him. So Felix kept Paul in limbo, but allowed him much freedom as, as a prisoner. Look at the next two verses, 24 and 25. And after a certain days when a Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he, Paul, reasoned of righteousness, a temperance and judgment to come, and the Felix trembled and answered 
go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. God was at work in this governor's heart, so much so that he visibly trembled after hearing Paul's message to him about the faith in Christ. And even though he talked with Paul again, as far as we know, he never did put his trust in the Lord. Such as a reminder that you should not put off salvation if God is convicting you of your need to be saved. Knowing the facts or being moved emotionally is not enough. A person must repent of their sins and believe on Jesus Christ to be saved. The story, just a story, is told of a Satan meeting with four of his leading demons to come up with a new lie to deceive more souls. One of the demons said, well, I'll go to earth and I'll tell them there is no God. That will never work, Satan says. The people can look around them at, the, at all that God has made and, and see that there must be a God. Another demon uh, says, well, I'll go. And I'll tell them there is no heaven. But the devil rejected that idea too. He said, everyone knows there is life after death and everyone wants to go to heaven. The third demon suggests, let's tell them there is no hell. No, there." A conscience tells them that their sins must be judged, said Satan. We must have a better lie than that. Finally, the fourth demon uh, speaks up. He said, I think I've got it. I'll tell them there is no hurry. There's no hurry. Like so many, as we read in our text, Felix put off salvation until a more convenient time. But that time never came. His mind was enlightened. His emotions were stirred. But his soul was never converted. Felix kept Paul in prison for two years as a favor to the Jews. And then he was replaced as, as the governor uh, by actually Festus. So we see Paul's case before Festus next. This new a governor agreed to hear the accusation of the Jews against Paul shortly after he became the governor. Look in chapter 25 in verse 7. The Jews which came down from Jerusalem stood 
round about and laid many and grievous complaints against Paul, which they could not prove. And then in verses 8 and 9, Paul answers the charges, neither against the law of the Jews, neither against of the temple, nor yet against Caesar, have I offended anything at all. But Festus, willing to do the Jews a pleasure, answered Paul and said, Wilt thou go up to Jerusalem, and there be judged of these things before me? Well, Paul knew, again, that he would not get a fair trial in Jerusalem. And he also knew what the Lord had told him about being a witness for Christ in Rome. So look at verses 10 and 11. Then Paul said, Paul, I stand at, at Caesar's judgment seat, where I ought to be judged. To the Jews have I done no wrong, as thou very well knowest. For if I be an offender, or have committed anything worthy of death, I refuse not to die. But if there be none of these things whereof they accuse me, no man may deliver me unto them. I appeal unto Caesar. As, as a Roman a citizen, Paul had the right to appeal to uh, the Roman emperor. So verse 12 of chapter 25, then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, Hast thou appealed unto Caesar? Unto Caesar shalt thou go. Today we've seen Paul as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Yet he was just as much in God's will as he had ever been. And he was still being used of the Lord during this time of, of actual captivity. No matter how trying your circumstance, God has a plan to use you for his glory. Be of good cheer. God is in control. And he desires for you to be a witness for him and to testify of him before other people. Don't miss out on the opportunities to grow in the Lord, to serve the Lord, and to help others in the midst of your trial. Let's bow our heads and have our invitation this morning. Is there one today that would say, Pastor, pray for me? I don't know that I am saved. Uh, it hasn't been convenient for me to put my trust in the Lord, and I've been putting it off. I've been in no hurry. Pastor, pray for me. I don't know for sure that I'm saved. You may be watching today, and that may be you. Maybe you know how to be saved. Maybe you know that you need to be saved. Maybe you want to be saved, but you've just been putting it off to a more convenient time. Well, Satan would love for you to just keep doing that, but one day it'll be too late, and there won't be another opportunity. The Lord says, now is the time. 
Now is the day of salvation. Don't put it off any longer. Secondly, who would say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm going through a trial right now. I want to be of good cheer. I want to take courage in this trying time, and I want to glorify God during this adversity. Who's like that today? Pastor, pray for me. I'm going through a trying time. Amen. Amen. Lord, you know the needs of each one here today, and I pray that you would work in our hearts. Maybe I didn't even address their needs in the message or in the invitation, but you know those needs, and they probably do too, and I pray that you would convict each of us of what we need to do to be obedient to you. Lord, if anybody under the sound of my voice isn't yet saved, Lord, may they not put that off any longer. May today be the day that they receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. And then, Lord, I pray for believers who express the fact that they're going through a trial. Lord, help them to be of good cheer even in the midst of the difficulties. Help them to glorify you during this time in their life. And then, Lord, for others, maybe they need to confess some sin and, and repent and get right with you. Uh, maybe they need to join with this uh, a, a church or, or something else, Lord. But I pray that you would help us to uh, listen carefully to what you're asking us to do and help us to be obedient. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.